0: For our scripture reading, we turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, we begin at verse 1, we read the first 19 verses. Then said he unto the disciples, It's impossible but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent... Forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, Ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meat, and will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup? and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all these things, those things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger? And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. So far we read from the Holy Scriptures tonight and the passage we just read and all the rest of Scripture are the basis for the teaching of our Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 24. There we read, But why cannot our good works be the whole or part of our righteousness before God? Because that the righteousness which can be approved of before the tribunal of God must be absolutely perfect and in all respects conformable to the divine law. And also that our best works in this life are all imperfect And defiled with sin. What? Do not our good works merit? Which yet God will reward in this and in a future life? This reward is not of merit, but of grace. But doth not this doctrine make men careless and profane? By no means. For it is impossible that those who are implanted into Christ by a true faith should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. Dearly beloved our Lord Jesus Christ, this Lord's day is closely connected to the previous one. The previous Lord's Day spoke about justification. Justification by faith. And this Lord's Day follows up on that and says, Can't our good works be the whole or part of our righteousness before God? And the answer is that they cannot. And explains why they cannot. And then the next question, well, what about the reward? The reward is brought up here in connection with justification. And in a number of places, it's treated in connection with justification because when some, some would point to the passages that talk about reward and say, no, wait, the, God speaks about rewarding our good works doesn't that mean that our good works are the whole or at least part of our righteousness before God? And the answer that is given is that this reward is not of merit, but of grace. And then the question is asked, why you teach that? If you teach that, that our good works are not even part of our righteousness, doesn't that, isn't that going to make men careless and profane? By no means, it's impossible that those who are engrafted into Christ by a true faith should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. And then you see how this works well with confession of faith as we had tonight. On the one hand, when somebody makes a confession of faith, They make a confession that they believe salvation is by grace alone. That they're not saved on the basis of anything that they did. It's by God's grace alone that they've been saved. The very doctrine that is brought up here. Secondly, it talks about those who are implanted into Christ by faith And that they will certainly bring forth fruits of thankfulness, fruits of thankfulness. That we who are saved by grace alone, we who confess our faith, we who confess that we believe, that we love our Lord, that we're not our own, that we belong to Christ, we as adults and the children here confess we're not alone. We We're not our own. We belong to Christ. We're his servants. We're children of God, servants of Christ. We want to express our thankfulness to our God. We struggle. Our whole life is a struggle to show forth in our whole life our thankfulness to God, we make when one makes confession of faith, they say they are resolved by the grace of God to adhere to the doctrine, to reject all heresies repugnant thereto, to reject heresies referred to in this Lord's Day, and to lead a new godly life, to show their thankfulness to God in their whole life, that they're resolved to do that. That's an ongoing struggle. It's an ongoing battle that we're engaged in. We're sinners. We're saved by grace. We still have a sinful nature. And it's an ongoing warfare. So we fight against sin and Satan. And this wicked world. And we look to God to strengthen us by his spirit. The spirit has quickened us and we look to God to grant us the comfort we need, the comfort of forgiveness. We constantly go to God and confess our sins and we are comforted with the truth that we're righteous in Christ. We need to constantly hear that our sins are forgiven. that We're righteous in Christ. And we look to God for the strength in the battle to do what is to the honor of his name, to show our thankfulness to God. We consider this leper that returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And you look at that and you think, well, you know, he was cleansed from leprosy. And we think of how God, if Christ has saved us from our sin, he's delivered us. And how we want to express our thankfulness to him for what he has done. For us personally, for our children, for our grandchildren, for the children of the church of Jesus Christ, We together desire to glorify his name. We consider this Lord's Day under the theme, Thankful Servants of Christ. We consider, first of all, the unprofitableness. And in that connection, we're talking about the fact that our works do not merit the beginning of this chapter or toward the the middle of the section that we read We read that verse that's quoted in our confessions. So likewise, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants. So we make that confession, that we do not merit. We're unprofitable servants. We consider that in the first place. Secondly, the gratitude. And then thirdly, the testimony, as we consider that this man... Who was thankful with a loud voice glorified God. Thankful servants of Christ, the unprofitableness, the gratitude, and the testimony. We are servants. We are servants of Christ. The scriptures use that language. We are to serve Him. In all that we do, it's in that section, we are unprofitable servants. We're not our own, we belong. You think of a servant. A servant is one who belongs to somebody. We belong to Christ. He's redeemed us. We've been bought with a price. And we are to glorify our God, our Lord, who has bought us. The Spirit that we considered this morning, the Spirit sanctifies us. And we considered how the Word, the Word of the Lord is as a fire. And we think of the, the, the burning up and the, the judgment that comes on those who reject the word. Then when we think of the word as a fire, we think of the fact that we also are sinners. We also have a sinful nature. We also have violated all the commandments. The Spirit sanctifies us. We're washed, we're we're cleansed. The Spirit strengthens us. In this life, we have the beginning of the deliverance from the bondage, we have the beginning of the new obedience. And we have an ongoing struggle, but we know that he who has begun a good work in us, will, he will complete it. When we hear the calling, what we're called to do, we hear that as our shepherd, our head directing us. As a servant who would hear what the master would say. When we hear our calling, we hear that as our Lord telling us what we are to do, directing us as the members of his body, which goes also with the idea this morning. The Spirit is poured out upon the church, the members of his body. We are directed by our head. Christ is the one directing us, telling us what to do. And as we get up in the morning each day, are to think, now what am I to do today? And we direct you children to think that way. When you get up in the morning, what are you going to do today? Pretty soon it's going, well, the grade school just had their graduation, and we get to the summertime. What are you going to do each day? In all that we do, we're to serve Christ. Even as children are playing outside together, they play outside As servants of Jesus Christ, who redeemed you, who delivers you. We do. We do good works. How to thankfulness. On the first place. It's important to maintain that we do good works. That is an accurate statement. That's right out of the Belgian Confession. That is the truth of the word of God. Therefore, we do good works. The very next phrase is, but not to merit by them. But it does say we do good works. We do. The scriptures speak that language. Matthew 5 verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your father which is in heaven. That was Matthew 5 verse 16. We read in Acts 9, verse 36, of a woman named Tabitha, or Dorcas. This was a woman who was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. That's how it describes her. Full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. We do good works. This Lord's Day is bringing that out. That it's impossible that those that are engrafted into Christ by a true faith would not. We do. We do good works. What are good works? Those that proceed from faith. We bring that out. An unbeliever can't do good works. According to God's law, doing what our Lord has told us to do. And To God's glory, not done to be seen of men and to get the praise of men, done to the glory of God. We do good works. And it says, these good works are good, the Belgic Confession says, they are good and acceptable in the sight of God. That's a phrase that's used. And then it explains that, that they proceed from the good root of faith and they are sanctified. Sanctified by his grace. And that leads us to what's mentioned in the Lord's day when it says now Why cannot our good works? Notice that this Lord's Day, too, is implying that we do good works. The question is not whether we do good works or not. The question is, why can't they be the whole or part of our righteousness before God? And the answer that's given is, Well, the righteousness that can be approved of before the tribunal of God must be absolutely perfect. And even our best works in this life are defiled with sin. When we say we do good works, we are not denying that even our best works are defiled with sin. For they are. Uh we say moreover we do good works we do not found our salvation upon them for we can do no work but what is polluted by our flesh and also punishable I mean, those go together if it's defiled polluted by our flesh then it's punishable And then when it talks about that we do good works, it brings out they proceed from the good root of faith and they are sanctified by God's grace. By his grace. We do good works. They're not part of our righteousness. We don't do them to merit. It's impossible for us to merit And as was pointed out, this Lord's Day is, or this passage in the book of Luke is quoted to bring that out. That when it says, we are unprofitable servants, the fact that we are unprofitable servants brings out that we cannot merit. Well, what does that mean? Well, what we do, even if we obey perfectly, which we don't do. We don't come close to that. We talk about what we're called to do. To love our Lord with our whole heart. To love our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love our neighbors, ourselves. We go through all the commandments and talk about what we are called to do. But if the question is asked, do you do it? Do you obey that? Perfectly, No. No. Only have a small beginning of the new obedience. But even if we did, we would be only doing what is our duty. That Jesus said, when ye shall have done all these things which are commanded you say, we're unprofitable servants, we have done that which is our duty to do. And as we go through the commandments, each time we read them, each time we hear them explained, we're being told what we are to do, what is our duty. And if we were to do it, we're only doing what is our duty to do. We're not working overtime, as it were, we're not going over and beyond what is our duty. We're unprofitable servants. And our obedience does not lay God under obligation to us. He does not owe us something. We do not do what, if we hear what God tells us to do, and we go forth to do it, we don't look to God as though he should thank us, as though we have, as though he owes us, Something. We rather owe him. And the Belgian Confession brings that out. He's not indebted to us. We are indebted to him. He's the one that ordained the, that we would had before determined that we would. Walk in good works. He's the one that sent Christ to die for us, to cleanse us. All our works are defiled. He sent Christ to die for us and to to obtain for us the, the quickening spirit who quickened us. We were dead in trespasses and sins. He has quickened us. And even we who are quickened still have that depraved nature against which we have to battle all our life. Christ is the God eternally chose us. Christ died for us. The Spirit works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We owe him the thanks. We were delivered from bondage. And that's the way we're to understand what it is to do good works. That means we were delivered from bondage. We were a slave in bondage to sin. And he set us free that we might serve him. And we delight to serve him and we are to thank him for the grace that he has given to us. And the reward we receive, Colossians 3 verse 24 speaks of the reward of the inheritance when you think of an inheritance, we receive the reward of the inheritance. The inheritance is a gift. Given to those that God has uh, adopted. Blessings we receive in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The reward is not of merit, but of grace. Grace. We who believe that and our children make confession of their faith, they state they believe their salvation. They know and confess their salvation is entirely of the grace of God. They didn't do anything to get in. It wasn't that they fulfilled some condition and that that's why they're saved. It isn't that they have to fulfill some condition or they could lose their salvation. But that God will preserve them. The spirit that is in them will abide with them forever. That brings out that our preservation is not dependent upon us. We're saved by grace. By grace alone. Those who are saved by grace desire to express their thankfulness to God. We consider in the Heidelberg how great our sins and miseries are, how we are delivered, and how we express our thankfulness to God for the deliverance. The Lord's Day says that it's impossible for those who are implanted into Christ by a true faith not to bring forth fruits of thankfulness we first look at the word impossible it says that will happen now that does not mean that it never happens that a child of God for a time may walk in sin the Bible has many examples of God's people. Not only David and, and Peter, it has many examples of God's people that have done that which we ought not. We know that it's our own, in our own experience. How many times has it been that you knew full well that something that you shouldn't do something and you did it? That you shouldn't say something, you said it. We do violate the commandments, all of them. Yet we are sorry for those sins. And we turn to God for forgiveness. Genuinely sorry for our sins. This is saying it's not going to happen that somebody's implanted into Christ by a true faith and he's just going to walk in sin his whole life. That's not going to happen. When God has quickened us he infuses the God who quickens us, who raises us from the dead he has infused, he infuses new qualities into our will. Into our will. And we've looked at that and Talking about the third and fourth head, Article Eleven, and it comes up in connection with the talking about fruits. You know, a corrupt tree brings forth corrupt fruit, and we often talk about that in connection with the idea that an unbeliever can't produce good fruit. A corrupt tree does not produce good fruit. An unbeliever is a corrupt tree. He's going to produce corrupt. He's going to all. Everything he does is going to be sin. He's not going to produce good fruit. He's not going to do good works. It's impossible. Well, then you say, well, what about a believer then? Well, we still have a depraved nature. We have all these evil thoughts and desires that arise out of that, that evil nature that we still have. Yet it's also true that God has created quickened us he has infused new qualities into our will that's the ending phrase in article 11 in the third and fourth head and notice how it ends by talking about fruits it says he infuses new qualities into the will which though heretofore dead he quickens he quickens it Before it was evil, disobedient, and refractory. Now it's good, obedient, and pliable. He actuates and strengthens it that like a good tree, like a good tree, it may bring forth the fruits of good actions. That's talking about you. That's talking about me. As we are in Jesus Christ. Though it is the case that we still have a Depraved nature. This is true as well. He's quickened us. He's worked in us faith. And it's impossible that those who have been engrafted into Christ, implanted into Christ by a true faith, would not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. It's certain that they will. We who know we've been forgiven. You consider that woman that washed Jesus' feet with her tears. wiped them with her hair. You and I know the story. You know that you and I know that happened. Then you and I are directed to look at our own sin. How much, how much have I been forgiven? Her tears did not merit, and her actions did not merit forgiveness. They manifested that she was forgiven. She was showing Her thankfulness to God as one who knew she was forgiven, forgiven much, and who wanted to express her love. We often talk about thankfulness, and it's good also to use that word love. We love him who first loved us. So when somebody asks us about something that the world would do, something that the young people of the world would do, and someone would ask us, Now, why, why won't you do that? Because I love my Lord. I love him. And he tells me not to. He tells me to turn away from that. I love him. He redeemed me. I've been forgiven much. I want to show my thankfulness to my God. You think of Joseph, the son of Jacob, who turned away from sin. How can I do this when the woman was tempting him? How can I do this in sin against God? The God whom he loved. We want to express our thankfulness to God. Learning how great our sins and miseries are. Believing that all of our sins are forgiven only, only for the sake of the passion or suffering and death of Christ. And then in this passage, we have those ten lepers. They call out to Jesus. Jesus Master, we're to have the idea of kind of an overseer. Have mercy on us. Having leprosy, being unclean, and having to be in separation. They call out to Jesus, Jesus Master. Have mercy on us. Jesus tells them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now that may seem like a strange statement. Go, command, go show yourself to the priests. In the Old Testament, it was the case that the priests were to observe. The priests were to observe lepers that were cleansed and then they would pronounce them clean. You can read of that in Leviticus 14. Well, they haven't been cleansed yet. And he tells them to go. And they start to go. And they, they haven't been cleansed yet. It's as they are going. And it says, as they went, And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. So they had gone some distance. And then one of them turned back when he saw that he was healed. And the other nine did not. Now we point to this as an example that there were those that had, sometimes it's referred to as miraculous faith, the idea that one would hear that Jesus does miracles, miracles of healing, and then they would come to him thinking he's going to do a miracle of healing and yet not really believe in Jesus, not really believe in God, not having genuine faith, We see here that nine of them didn't come back and one of them did and about the one that did Jesus said to him well, he specifically points it out were there not ten cleansed but where are the nine there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger the Samaritan And then he says to him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. We read that and we can apply that to ourselves too from the point of view of not expressing thankfulness as we ought We often speak about how we can take things for granted. Not express our thanks. Here this one called out to Jesus to be healed, and then, then when he's healed, then he he just continues on. Or you think of those that have a, a difficult situation, like having leprosy. They're in a difficult situation, and they... Call out to God in their time of need. They call out to God to help them in their time of need, but then as soon as the problem goes away, well, then they forget about it, and they just continue on doing what what they want to do, not serving, not serving Christ not expressing their thankfulness. Well, we too can apply that to ourselves, times that we haven't expressed our thanks, our thanks to God. To go to him and express thanks to him, we think about how prayer is the chief part of thankfulness, we say. and We talk about all the commandments in the section about showing forth our thankfulness to God and then we get to the Lord's prayer and talk about prayers the chief part of thankfulness showing thankfulness to our God who has saved us we all feel convicted of times that we we don't we recognize we don't thank him as 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 we ought yet we are thankful the lord says The scriptures teach and our confessions accurately summarize it and say it's impossible that those that are implanted into Christ by a true faith should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. They are thankful. We are thankful to God. We do express it, not as we ought but we are thankful, like this one that came back. And in, our, in the Christian life, as we go through this life, when we confess our faith and say, we're resolved to adhere to this doctrine, to lead a new godly life, show our thankfulness to our God, it's going to be a battle to do that. It already is. When our young people make confession of faith, they confess that it is a struggle. It is a struggle for the young people. Our young people, the young people are aware of the struggle, the battle. Your parents tell you what to do and you want to do something different. Parents get on you for doing not doing what you're supposed to what they told you to do, and you recognize they chasing you in love. And in all of our life, it's a struggle as we grow and mature and get out on our own. We have sinful desires, desire to do that which God tells us don't do that we find we have a desire to do it out of that sinful nature we ask God constantly for forgiveness and strength in the battle it'll be a struggle Christ has set you free free from bondage you belong to him you're not your own you belong to him express your thankfulness Show in all your life your thankfulness to God who has saved you by grace and express that thankfulness verbally in all of your life and all that you do including what you say. This one came and with a loud Voice glorified God. With a loud voice. He wanted to express his thankfulness to God. Sometimes people can just kind of mumble things. He wanted to express his thankfulness to his God. With a loud voice He glorified God. Glorifying God, confessing the true doctrine that we have been taught by Christ. We glorify him, teaching the truth that we're saved by grace alone. That is to the glory of God, teaching this truth. Teaching that Christ satisfied the justice of God. That he is a complete Savior, not an incomplete Savior, a complete Savior. Salvation's unconditional. That glorifies our Redeemer. Confessing that, that our good works are not even part of our righteousness before God. And if somebody points to the idea, well, what about the references to the reward? Well, that's not of merit, that's of grace. And in my good works, it's God that works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's the one that quickens me. I was dead. I didn't do anything. I was dead. And he quickened me. Why did he quicken you? Well, God had chosen me. Why did he choose you? Was a good pleasure. Teaching that glorifies God, glorifies our Lord. To make that confession unashamedly, boldly, to tell others that's what the truth of the word of God is. That's what the scriptures teach. Guiding people to see that from scripture, to show that to them that they may see that, showing forth in all of our life our thankfulness talking about what we have personally experienced our testimony a public declaration of what we've personally experienced you know when we make a confession of our faith we say I'm resolved by the grace of God to adhere to this doctrine and lead a new godly life. We not only talk about what God, we don't just talk about what God does for his people and say we hold to the doctrine that's taught in the scriptures, summarized in our in the confessions and, and taught here. Not only that we acknowledge that that is the word of God, a, doctrine, a complete doctrine of salvation. But we also make a personal confession about what God has done in me. I'm resolved by the grace of God. Or to put it another way, it's by the grace of God that I'm resolved to adhere to this doctrine. It's by God's grace that I am that I'm resolved to lead a new godly life that I desire to it's by the grace of God that I can say I'm resolved to do that that I know I have only a small beginning I know my best works are defiled with sin but I'm resolved by the grace of God to lead a new godly life to show my thankfulness and to make that declaration to state that that is the trope I'm being honest when I say that. God has worked that in me. That's what we're saying. And that in our life we want to show our thankfulness to God, which manifests itself in why do we come to church twice on the Lord's day? Well, we want to worship God. Sometimes people might ask that. Why do you gather twice on the Lord's Day? Well, we, we, we desire to glorify God. And you think in your own life, why do you confess your sins and turn from them? Why do you fight against sins that others don't even know? And you confess with sorrow sins others don't even know about. And you go to God and confess them. And you're fighting against them. That's the Spirit's work within you. And you thank your God for the work of grace, for his grace. And if you desire, a young person, if you desire to marry, why is it so important that you marry someone that believes the same doctrine that you confess? How important. It's a joy to hear young adults answer that question. How important to you is it that if you're going to marry, if they say they would like to be married someday, how important to you is it that you would marry someone that believed that same doctrine and to hear them say how very important that is. To see our children marry in the Lord, when we see that we're so thankful to God for that wonderful blessing that we receive. And to have our children reared in Christian homes, to go to good Christian schools, we are so thankful to them. Why do you spend so much money for those schools? And we talk about why, how important it is the education they receive and that them working together with children who believe the same doctrine. What a blessing for our children to commune with brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We've been saved by grace. We are servants of Christ. May we show our thankfulness to him not living unto ourselves, living unto him who died for us and rose again, and making a confession. I am a servant of Christ. I am not my own. I belong to him. I delight to serve him. May we together encourage one another, young and old, Older encouraging the younger, and the younger also encouraging the older. May we together encourage one another in these days and praise the name of our Savior. Amen. Let us pray. Our Lord, our God, our Father, we are very thankful, O Lord, for thy grace, grace given to us, grace given to our children, Lord strengthen us, we're sorry for our sins and we ask that thou would grant us the grace to do what is to the honor and glory of thy name we're very thankful to hear a confession of faith tonight we're thankful as we anticipate on the following week hearing more confessions of faith thou art, thy thy grace Uh, we are so thankful for thy grace and the mercy thou hast shown to us and to our children We give thee thanks, O Lord. May we together exalt thy name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.